Thanks for joining us at the Business Growth Cafe, where each week we select from a menu of topics for a focused discussion with an industry expert to provide insights that can impact your business's growth with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Thank you for joining me at the Business Growth Cafe. Today, I am Angelo Ponzi, your host. This is going to be a sweet tasting show today. I'm very excited, mostly because I get to eat. I get to eat some great brownies and cookies today. Now, some people like salty snacks, but not me. Give me some chocolate. Give me cookies, brownies, ice cream. Hell, brownies on ice cream. It doesn't really matter. I love it. I like my sweets so much. I even took up baking a few years ago. Pumpkin spice cakes, macaroons, a lot of calories in macaroons. I didn't realize that when I baked 16 cookies and nobody wanted to eat them, I had to go on a diet after that. I love chocolate chip cookies, chocolate chip cookies with walnuts and brownies with walnuts. Mm, 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 mm. I love it. So about a year ago, I was heading to a meeting and I wanted to bring some desserts. And so I had pre-ordered Bertha May brownies and cookies for the meeting. Now I'd never had them, but a friend recommended them. And then, wow, I stopped eating my lunch. They were so freaking good that I had to try every one that came in the box. Now, I have a family member, my sister, who loves to eat dessert first and then work on her meal. That day, I was just like my sister. It was crazy. But to my surprise, actually, a new associate and friend turned out to be connected to the company. And that's how I got Bertha May Brownies and Cookies to come on the show today, was that introduction. So we're gonna, it's gonna be so much fun. now. I, I got some cookies and brownies here. She was kind enough to send me some so we could kind of taste test throughout the show. But I have to admit they came yesterday and I've already eaten uh, milk chocolate peanut butter, white macadamia nut uh, chocolate, dark chocolate and sea salt, plus a variety of brownies. I've had the peanut butter macadamia nut, the pumpkin spice lemon cake and sweet and spicy now i had that this morning with my coffee and i have to tell you it's a little more spicy than sweet but man was it good i loved it so i got a head start before my guest comes on and so today i'm excited to have wendy pomerantz she is the great granddaughter and the founder of bertha may's brownies cookies and we'll talk about that she turned a hundred year old recipe into a thriving business and this is what this show is about it's about business how do you take that first step and grow a successful business so we're going to eat our way through this podcast today i hope you'll join me i hope you'll je- be jealous that i'm getting to taste all these sweet treats and at the end maybe you'll order some for your holiday i would highly encourage it it's, it's going to be a great gift i don't normally plug stuff like this but man this is fantastic and i do encourage you so don't go away I'm going to play a brief message, and I'm going to eat another cookie in between. A chief marketing officer has both the power and the responsibility to drive long-term strategic growth that can ultimately lead to organizational prosperity. And that growth starts with a vision. What is your firm's definition of success? Growth? How will you strategically work towards expansion, for example? Equally important, what is your customer's perception of your firm? And how well do you meet a need or deliver value? 
When you begin to align your vision with that of your customer, you build a stronger, lasting relationship with them. You see the whole picture, realizing the lifetime value of that customer, as well as the lifetime value you provide. A CMO must look at success with a strategic mindset, looking beyond the transactional. The CMO must understand the customer journey, utilizing the competitive intelligence, embracing and leveraging your unique market insights. If your business is ready for growth and you need a CMO, but you're not quite ready for a full-time person yet, I'd welcome the opportunity to explore the benefits of using a fractional CMO. Visit theponzagroup.com to learn more. Wendy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Nice to be here. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, this is, uh, as I said in my intro, this is going to be one tasty show, no pun intended, but I guess I really did have a pun intended. Um, as I mentioned, I had already been sampling this morning, and we'll talk about some of your sweet and tasty uh, treats as we go along in the show. But I'm pretty amped up already and, and, and raring and ready. So let's let's take a few minutes, and I'd like you to kind of talk about you in the in the in the birth of May. And I, and I'm fascinated that you know when I looked at the history that it's a hundred year old recipe, and it's your great great grandmother. Right. And one so great. one great, not yeah. two greats, but one great. OK, <laughs> so why don't we talk also about a great person, but a, a single great grandmother. OK. And you and you did get to meet her and, and had that opportunity to actually meet with meet her in life. No, unfortunately, I didn't. She uh, passed away when my mom was a college freshman. They actually shared a room. And when my mom left for college, uh, she had, she passed away shortly thereafter. Oh, oh, that's disappointing. But obviously you're carrying on a great legacy. So I I'm, I'm stepping on your story. So go ahead and, and tell the audience a little bit about, uh, Bertha May and yourself. Okay. Uh, Bertha May, as you said, was, it was my great grandmother. Um, I have since founding this company, I've had the, um, luck of getting to hear lots of wonderful stories about her because my mom, uh, not only taught me the recipe when I was very young, but had, you know, has been assisting me since founding this uh, in a host of ways. And not the least of which is sharing Bertha May with me really more than I had ever asked before. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, I came by this accidentally, to be honest. Uh, I was in commercial real, real estate lending for 17 years. Um, I underwrote commercial loans at various large finance, financial institutions and, um, you know, made brownies as a dessert when we would go to friends' houses or, you know, the kids would need something for a bake sale or, you know, something of that nature, very kind of simple. And um, a couple of years before founding the company, we, my mom and I both started adding, you know, peanut butter chips or mint M&Ms or something fun to just, you know, spruce it up a little bit. And people started asking why I wasn't selling them. And then my kids got on the bandwagon, mom, mom, start a company. And I was like, no, that's not, that's a, not in my DNA. And B, uh, I, I work full time. I mom full time. I, you know, this is not a, a side gig that I was really planning on. Um, come to think about it, looking back, it really is in my DNA. Both my parents own their own businesses. Um, and you know, I, I kind of just found myself in a situation where it made sense to try this. And so I did. And here we are six years later, um, you know, working off of Bertha May's 
creativity and mastery of the kitchen and sharing her recipe with whomever wants to try this. Did did it pass down to your mom as well, or did it just something you discovered and it kind of skipped a generation as far as doing a lot of baking? Um, my mom always baked to the brownies. Um, my grandmother is the funniest one because she didn't. Um, the only thing I ever recall her baking was a pineapple upside down cake, which was also one of Bertha May's recipes, uh, her mom. And the funniest part of that is that we would go to my grandparents' house. And if we wanted a snack, my, my grandmother would say, look in the oven. That's where I keep the, the crackers. And we'd look at her and go, what? And she's like, it's more airtight. It keeps them fresher. But don't you use the oven? Nope. Never use the oven. Okay. And it was spotless. It was absolutely spotless. That's where the crackers were. Um, so she really, I think when my mom left for college, she stopped cooking and that was the end of that or baking or anything. And uh, my mom always made the brownies. Not really, she didn't really ever bake anything else. And then I guess I just kind of picked up the baton, but I'm the only one of my siblings who does. Hmm. Well, you know, I, so many times you hear stories about your story, right? You're baking cookies, you're making whatever salad dressing or whatever it happens to be. And there was an encouragement from the community that says, oh, you should sell these. Now, I know uh, through my own efforts as an entrepreneur and also some friends who actually got into the food business that it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, it's, I was giving a lecture to a, a SCORE, which is a kind of a uh, you, you know, startup yeah, community, okay. right? In, in entrepreneur mentoring young startups. And there was a, a, a woman in the audience who said, yeah, I bake cookies and I want to, you know, turn it into a business. And I was trying to help educate her that it wasn't like you just go from cooking in your kitchen and, you know, opening up, put a shit. Cause she literally was like, I want to put a shingle up next year. And I go, well, it doesn't quite work that way. There's a lot of other pieces that go along with this. So yeah. let's, let's talk a little bit about your journey in you know deciding to step out there and, and I'll say leave commercial real estate because or maybe you tried to do both at the same time and realize that uh, it's very difficult but what's your journey to go from kitchen to commercial kitchen to to really scaling up um, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs think about doing this but you know there's a there's a realization that you kind of go through ebbs and flows and not only producing product in mass, but where do you produce it? Right. Um, yeah, no, that's actually a, a battle I've been having for years, to be honest. Uh, you know, during the holidays, we really need to be in a commercial kitchen. We are, you know, putting out obscene amounts, thankfully, of baked goods in, in December. Um, and I'm not, I'm actually still home-based pushing the envelope on that one. It's, it's not the smartest move in December. I mean, I work, I literally work 21 hour days, 20 to 21 hour days for two weeks straight. Um, I kind of can't see straight at the end of it. Um, I've got, you know, people cycling in and out working, uh, not around the, not as much as I am, but I'll have four or five people working, packaging, um, delivering all throughout December. Um, so it's, it's kind of crazy. And, you know, I do, I, I vacillate between, do I use a commercial kit? Do I rent out space? And, you know, to me that, for me, that doesn't make the best, um, the most sense for, uh, just using somebody else's kitchen part-time. Um, 
because my setup is actually pretty terrific accidentally in my house. So to, you know, lug things back and forth and, and try to deal with cooling and all of the, that kind of thing of, of renting a space on an hourly basis, which is generally most people's first step. Um, it doesn't really work for me. Uh, the next step would be either using a co-packer or building my own kitchen, buying my own kitchen, that kind of thing. And that's something I've kind of toyed with for a couple of years now of do I build a kitchen, you know, and share space with somebody or, you know, something of that nature. That's what I'm leaning towards. And it's just a matter of, you know, kind of pulling the trigger. Uh, I have to say, very grateful I hadn't done it pre-COVID. Um, yeah. because, you know, that would have been a whole additional layer of difficulty in this time. Um, but yeah, it's something I don't have a lot more choice on. Well, really when you're making that de decision, you're also, it's not about just capacity. You're making a decision to scale. Right. If you, absolutely. If you move that, it's not about, you know, whatever volume you're producing today. Now it's eyes on doubling and tripling and quadrupling right. that volume, right. which again, creates a different scenario for you as well. It does. And I, you know, I think some of my limitation to be honest is that my background is finance. So I'm very, very conservative in being too wild on that side. And it's to be frank, it's probably limited me to some degree um, because I'm so aware of the money side of it. You know, it'd kind of be a little bit easier. I think if I was a little freer and more, you know, um, fly by the seat of my pants uh, as far as that side is concerned. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm just not. So I try. But I, <laughs> but I think that actually gives you an advantage. And maybe it holds you back a little bit, but there's so many entrepreneurs I run into that are just have no idea about really the, not, not only managing cash flow, but dealing with inventory and, and just accounting and how to read and, and work with the financials of their organization, right? They're more concerned about their product. And, and I, I say this all the time when I deal with entrepreneurs and, and startups is you can't fall in love with your product so much that you're so clouded just because you love it or think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread doesn't mean the rest of the world will think so. And, and you know, we run into that all the time, but, but making, I, I when doing background on you and, 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 and hearing about your financial background, I thought, you went at it a little bit differently, looking at numbers and, and trying to be creative, but also, uh, you know, the left side, right side of the brains working at the same time because you knew kind of the financial side of it, I thought was a strategic advantage. I, I, I hope that long term it is. I mean, I think short term, it, it has slowed my growth. Um, but I think in the long term, it puts me in a better situation where I fully understand you know, what it costs to do all of this. I understand, you know, the the little pieces as they all build together. So hopefully, you know, having that, I, you know, on the other hand, I wish I was a little freer in my kind of thought process, but you do the best with what you have and you find the people who know what they're doing to do the things you're not as good at. Right. So if you're still, um, you know, I'll call it home-based in the sense, I mean, do you have multiple ovens and yeah. refrigeration oh, units. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. it's comical to be honest with you. Um, yes, I have two ovens. They run about 20 hours a day uh, in December. Um, yes, I have a regular refrigerator in my kitchen as anybody would. 
I also happen to have two more refrigerator freezers in my dining room, as most people would not. Um, I also happen to have uh, two full freezers as uh, a full refrigerator and a refrigerator freezer in my garage, which is probably a little excessive uh, for most people. So, yes, I definitely um, have outfitted the home office a little extravagantly in that in that way but that you know that has allowed me good bad or otherwise to continue to kind of plug through here okay okay so uh there's a question i always uh, a few questions i always like to ask my guests but we're going to do it two ways so i'm going to give you a chance to think about it uh, what is the best business advice you've ever received i mean i i, I think it should be true to who you are because if, you know, especially in a company like mine, if I can't push out the product that I think best represents my company, um, it, it's, it's not going to work. You know, there are a ton of brownies out there that are good. There are a ton of cookies out there that are good. Um, what, what, what makes mine better? And I think part of it is, uh, I, I, well, you can ask. I mean, I, I do think the taste is better, you know, than a lot of them. But more than that, it's it's the it's the where it comes from. It's the heart behind it. And if I can't be true to to myself and my company, then what's the point here? Speaking of taste, we're going to take a, yeah. a short 30 seconds. I'm about ready <laughs> to bite into the dark chocolate and sea salt cookie. So Alrighty. how do why, why I'm kind of munching a little bit. How do you decide formulations and, and kind of decisions on what products to roll out uh that's funny that you asked specifically on that cookie that cookie was actually requested by one of my stores that i sell in um they said can you do some kind of dark chocolate sea salt something or another so i gave them three um three different uh flavors we came up with a that one we came up with that plus pecans and then i think we came up with that uh I think pecan, caramel, and salt or something like that. And they decided they liked that one the best. And I had, you know, several people try them. Uh, you know, it's funny. Never a lack of people willing to try stuff. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. You can add me to your list, by the way. <laughs> Lots of taste testers available. Um, so, it's fantastic. I, I mean, it, it, it is. And I think um, I, I was saying earlier, and I can remember when I said it, but my, my wife, uh, got to the white uh, chocolate macadamia nut and her first response was wow this tastes so fresh and 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 i and and which is another question of in advance of an order how how far in advance do you bake okay. right are you uh, doing we make a, the order make we the, make order. the order. yeah the thing with the cookies though is that we pre we prep them so we do big batches of them we put them into uh cookie balls and then we freeze them in bags un unbaked so that when the orders come in we take them out of the bag we we bake the cookie fresh and then package them and send them out um and then the brownies we bake to order so yeah that's that's a little bit of why december is such a um crazy difficult time <laughs> because i really you know, to be honest, they taste exactly the same if I were to freeze them. But in my in my head, that's just not the same thing. 
Well, that's a real differentiation yeah. for you. And and you made a comment about, you know, what makes you different than, you know, other. And I always look for differentiation. And, and so many times in consumer products, it is the brand. I mean, the Bertha May brand really is is your is your value proposition that's the promise of whatever freshness and the things that you do and staying true to that and to me as a marketer that's how you scale it's it's not because you could you know add cakes and pies and you've already done that on your website i saw but there's other things you can do expansion and beyond the brownies and because of the brand promise of, of bertha may you can it gives you that flexibility to, to scale and so i think that's the most value, I mean, again, as a marketer, the most valuable thing you have because you can add and delete product, but you're not adding or deleting the brand. So that's really powerful. So when you think about business, what keeps you up at night when you're thinking about growing this business? The production, not the production, the um, consumption, the consumption side of it. So knowing that there are enough people, you know, if I scale it, if I, if, if I move out and I build a kitchen and I do all of this stuff, it's exactly what you said before. It's knowing that there's a consumer there. It's knowing that those enough people are buying that product to keep us in our new house. And, um, and that's frankly, that's what keeps me up at night. And it's what prevents me from taking that leap as well. So that's, you know, that's the bridge I stand on. Okay. So kind of teetering on, do I go, do I do it to the next level or do I stay right. where I'm at? Right. You're, you know what you're comfortable with and where you're at. And and you've been doing this about four lead. years, about four years now. We just passed six. Just passed six. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's taking the leap because I'm not naturally, I'm, I'm fairly conservative in my, you know, financial leanings as far as, you know, what's in my bank account. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, no, I, I so, get it. You know, I get it. You know, it's, you just uh, want to know. You want to. You want to believe that there's a safety net, and even if there isn't one. So, you know. Um, well, yeah. so many businesses that I, I've been in a couple of the other shows and, and presentations I've get. I mean, the, the the rate of failure of businesses within the first five years is incredible. So the fact that you've gone beyond that is fantastic, and and it does take persistence. It does take commitment. And, and I go back to your background, knowing your numbers and, and understanding how you grow successfully and, and the risks that are involved in that. So what do you think has been your biggest challenge to growth? Just getting it out there, honestly. You know, whether it's um, making people, not making people, uh, giving people the comfort to make that change. In other words, They'll say to me, oh, we've used blah, blah, brownie company for years. We're happy with them. But their products aren't as good as ours. I know, but we've got a good relationship. So it's that it's, it's getting people to make that leap and say, I know your products are better. Maybe we can build a good relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Um, because I've had, I've had that conversation more than once. You know, we've been the recipient, you know, personally at our home of, inferior products from I don't want to say competitive companies because frankly they're much larger than I am I don't compete with them but competitive in the sense that we're in the same industry and we make the same products right 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 so it's a matter of of that introduction and then and and getting them to make that leap to a smaller company they don't know as well that's not as established that they're willing to take a chance on yeah, I, I get that. I, I worked with uh, Coldstone Creamery for about five years. 
And, you know, at first it was like a $5 ice cream. Holy crap. But, but people really were yummy, doing yeah. it. They're really <laughs> yummy. And, and then it, in about year three, we, we launched a, um, a brand ambassador program. We, they started selling cakes. And, and so we had people literally knocking on doors of corporations, trying to get them to, you know, sign up for birthday cakes and things like that. And it was a, a slow go because while people might've had their ice cream, you know, it was like, I already buy from, you know, Bob's really good cakes. Why should I switch? And, and so, you know, we kind of went through some of that and, and it's, it doesn't happen overnight. There's a lot of taste tests going on and things like that. So from a marketing standpoint, what are, what are some of the things you've done to help grow your business? Um, well, I'm incredibly fortunate. My husband is a master networker. Uh, you happen to know him. I happen he introduced to know him. Us. Um, what I do on, well, this was pre COVID because obviously things have changed some, but, but what I would do is he would get an email every Sunday night that said, how many plates this week? And he would give me the number of plates. So I would send sample plates, sample plates with him to meetings to introduce me to all of the business folks that he was meeting mm -hmm. with throughout the, throughout the week. Successful, yeah, it, in some circumstances, just enjoyed in other circumstances, and that's fine too. We got a lot of emails of, yeah, they didn't make it all the way home. I was in traffic. They were really good. But so he's been incredibly helpful uh, as far as just getting plates out, just getting people to try them. You know, I've, I've joined networking groups. I've joined, um, I've done a lot of food festivals. Just, you know, it's like I said, it's just getting people to try them. And then from that point, trying to make that leap to actually selling them to people, which, you know, food festivals and stuff is not as easy. Um, they'll try them, they enjoy them, you know, and they'll buy one or a dozen or whatever. But then, you know, they kind of forget, you know, we're trying to build our presence on social media because clearly that is uh, one of the, I don't want to say easier ways because um, building that presence isn't easy, but the easier ways to get out to more people. Mm -hmm. if you mm -hmm. can build that presence the right way um, and, and just have that introduction. So. I know things have changed this year as far as, uh, you know, banquets and fairs and yeah. conferences and award shows. But have you ever done that kind of marketing where you're, you're putting, you know, I'll call it coupons for lack of a better word, but free box of brownies and, you know, uh, uh, the Oscars, for example. Right. We did a, we did kind of a B list Oscar party one year. Um, it was fun. Uh, you know, we had free stuff for people to try. We had, we provided desserts for the evening that, that, uh, for their dinner. Um, so yeah, we've done stuff like that. We, we do golf, we do a lot of charity golf tournaments, which I love because, you know, if I can just give a day of my time to, to talk to people when they're teeing off at the ninth hole or whatever it is, and they can try some treats and have some fun, I'd love to be able to donate that to a charity and, and have people enjoy some stuff. So it's a win-win. Yeah. I mean, if we're honestly, if we're asked, we I usually do that kind of thing, whether it's donations to school charities or, you know, things of that nature, um, a basket or a gift card or something like that. Uh, you know, I don't think you can give back enough to your local community. So as long as it's not, you know, <laughs> killing your business, it's, it's a win for me and that I can just, people can see the name um, and it, it benefits them, which I'm, I'm up for the win-win all the time. We're going to take a, another eating break. <laughs> uh, you know, and I love the, the box and the color-coded tissues. I'll call them little cups, right? So it was a way to, because if I just come big box of brownies, I'd go, what the heck am I eating, right? Mm -hmm. 
I, I should have avoided that spicy one first thing in the morning, but it was really tasty. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> but I, but I, I've tried the. Um, I'm not sure if I mentioned this right. The peanut butter macadamia nut. I've eaten the pumpkin spice. I think I actually polished all them off. I've eaten the lemon, and I'm about ready to eat the chocolate mint. So oh, when you look my at favorite, yeah, and when that one's my favorite. Okay, all right. I'm I'm gonna. I'm going to hold I you to I, that. No, I hope I, hope I didn't do <laughs> You're that. Put pressure on yourself now. <laughs> I know. So the, the, you know, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. There's like, what, 12 on here, and you've written a few in. Is is this the product offering, or is there many more, and in, in people get to customize their boxes? And and then the second part of that is you have some that are best sellers and, and that you see, you know, going more than others. Absolutely to both. Uh, yes, we do go for it. Um, yes, people can customize their boxes. Um, on our single dozen box, you can have three flavors of brownie or cookie, or we have a mixed box where you could have three flavors of each. And on the two dozen boxes, you can have up to six flavors. So yes, they can customize those. And then your second question was, are there more? There are some other, I think that was your question, right? Are there other flavors? Uh, there mm -hmm. are some other flavors. Oh, no, it was bestsellers. Sorry. Yeah, they're definitely bestsellers. Some of it, I think a little bit is to, you know, when people give gifts, they want to steer clear of nuts, except for the toffee. People have no self-control with the toffee, even though those are made with, with, <laughs> with almonds. But then you get your peanut butter fans who just, it, it always makes me laugh at the food festivals. Because pe most people will ask, and we have signs up next to each of the flavors. Um, but, you know, you get those peanut butter people, and they know. It's like a dog finding its favorite toy. I mean, they just beeline. And I can't say to them, do you have any allergies before it's, they're on their second one? They crack me up. But, uh, yeah, there's there are definitely a handful that are the, the most po uh, popular. I, I have to say the uh, chocolate mint, and, and, and I love chocolate mint ice cream. And yeah, there's, there's nothing left of this one already. So uh, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, that's really good. My, my kids like this too, but uh, uh, too bad for them. Um, <laughs> exactly. Just don't let yeah, them know. Yeah. They, this isn't a, this isn't one of those, look what dad got. Nope, nope, nope. Doesn't happen. It's all mine. So um, when you were trying to figure all this out, did, did you bring on, an expert or a consultant to kind of help you with all of this? Yeah, I absolutely did. Uh, when I first started, um, I hired a marketing firm. I don't know the first thing about marketing, to be honest. And I don't want to pretend that I do because that's, there's no way to, to, to succeed if you pretend you know something you don't know. So yeah, I mean, we spent our first many weeks picking out ribbons and crinkle paper and, you know, I knew exactly what I wanted the logo to be. I knew exactly what I wanted the name to be. And beyond that, I pretty much didn't know anything. And, you know, you get something from a company and you, you don't think about the time that went into determining why that box mm -hmm. or why that ribbon. You know, I never really thought about it. And then I had to. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's not just about baking a brownie and sending it to someone. Um, it's what are you going to put it in? How's it going to get there? Uh, shipping was the bane of my exist existence. It still kind of is, to be honest. Um, so yes, I absolutely hired a company. 
to help me just get off the ground because I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Do you still use a, a marketing company? I don't right now. Um, I uh, split with them. Later on, I hired another one. Split with them. I'm I'm using a group to do some of my social media right now. What what tr what uh, what kind of activities generates the the most opportunities for you? Uh, <laughs> Besides your husband. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, golf tournaments have actually been pretty pretty successful. Uh, we got to do one this year. That was not ideal. Um, I think I played in that one. There were a couple uh, couple brownies in the in the recent oh, one. Yeah, no, that that was actually you did that. So that technically it was two. We provided brownies for one, but didn't have a table. I the same day I was actually at a table at a different one. Oh, okay. um, you know, and the nice part with that is I actually get to talk to people and if they have questions, explain, let them try whatever they want. Uh, you know, so it's, it's more of a face-to-face -face meeting and, you know, with a real person behind the products rather than, you know, I got this random thing in the mail. So I, I, I told a story when I, in my intro, but I actually won a, won a prize at an event and in the box was a gift card for Bertha May. And so I ordered it to take it to a meeting. And, you know, it was my first exposure and, and I, I pretty much stopped eating my lunch and just started eating cookies and brownies. They're fantastic. And to your point, they, they didn't actually make it out of the meeting room and I probably consumed most of them myself. And it, and it was probably six, eight months later when I met Heath. And, but, but even then I didn't actually know until he called me one day that, 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 you know, you were Bertha May. And so at this, it's just ironic that, here I had this product that I really loved and then turned out to be the guy that I was meeting and getting to be friends with turned out to be, you know, his wife was running the company. So it's, it is about exposure. And, and to your point, I, I know that, you know, through my, my son and other people that are selling some kind of, you know, either alcohol or beverage or things like that. It's about taste testing. It's about people having an experience because you're standing in front, you buy a box to your point, you could buy a box of, of brownies from a competitor, so to speak. And they come and you're like, Oh my God, they're horrible. And, and, and not only they are horrible, but it also sets in people's minds that ordering this kind of product potentially is not a good thing. So that, that becomes a, a, a real issue, but when you taste them, uh, it's fantastic. And I have to say, I, I love the fact that you sent in, in the, in the package about freshness facts and about how to, you know, what's the longevity you know, how to freeze them, how to refrigerate them, because that, you know, is, I think is a lot of challenges for people. What do you do? You get, I mean, this is a, thank you again for a big box of brownies, but there's no way I'm, I'm going to be in the hospital, you know, those in oh, one sitting, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, God, I hope you don't. Although yeah, I've too. gotten some funny phone calls or emails. I ate the whole thing today. I was like, you got two dozen. That's <laughs> uh, funny. The, um, yeah, what kind of calls do you get? I mean, do you get uh, reviews and and you know what are some of the what's a funny story? Um, what, well, one um, one was somebody sent for the holidays a bottle of wine and two uh, a dozen cookies, a dozen brownies. We have a wine basket, so they sent it and the person really enjoyed it and they're like, I, I gotta wait on the wine because I'm at work. 
but I've polished off the whole thing. <laughs> we're like that you had two dozen pieces there. Like I get, look, I, I'm a sugar person. I can polish off a few, but two dozen, that's a lot. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, there've been some funny ones. I've got to think about, um, Oh my gosh, the other day was the best. I completely forgot. So we delivered to uh, a house and left it at the front door. You know, the person came to the window and waved and I motioned that I was just going to leave it at the front door. It's COVID. Don't you don't have to find a mask. It's all fine. And, you know, I get a phone call two hours later and she says, I'm so sorry. This came for so-and-so. He moved a year ago, but my kids saw the treats at the door. I couldn't keep them out of their hands. They mowed through them so fast, but I'm so glad to learn about your company because they were so good that now I'll start start ordering from you. And I was on the floor laughing. I was like, that's the best misdelivery ever. Um, funny. But yeah, so that, that was a good one. That just happened the other day. <laughs> that's, that's hysterical. I, I could see it. It's like, eh, do I return them? Uh, maybe let me see what they are. <laughs> I'm not going to take back baked goods. Enjoy well, them. I'll send a different box. Of course. Of course. You know, your business and, and other businesses like yours, it's about loyalty and repeat customers. So in your customer base, I mean, how, how many, you know, over the years you are kind of repeatable business? Because obviously this is consumable products you buy today, you could buy right. tomorrow, you know, yeah. versus new customers, new customer exposure. Kind of, let's say, during this last year, which is an odd year, but how does your business kind of play out? Yeah. Um, it, you know, we've actually been really lucky as far as new customers this year. I'm not really sure how they're learning about us. Um, other, you know, because I can't track necessarily someone who sees us on Instagram and then orders, you know, we have some tracking, but, but that's not one of the metrics that we can specifically see, you know, obviously our orders were down for the year. We don't have our corporate business is in the, you know, toilet because People aren't in offices, generally speaking. So we found uh, that we've gotten a lot more individual orders of a dozen here, a dozen there by people we had never uh, had as customers before. Um, and I think that that, you know, it's some of it's word of mouth. Some of it is social media. Some of it is Google, to be honest. You know, mm. we do a lot of cookie cakes locally. Um, we don't ship them because we have fresh buttercream icing on them. So we only deliver them um, and it's us or, you know, the supermarket or Mrs. Fields and people want something different. So those are kind of fun and it introduces us to a whole new um, segment of the market that wouldn't normally look at Bertha Mae's brownie company for a cookie cake. I'll tell you, they're one of my favorite things we sell. They're so good. Uh, and then, you know, I eat a little buttercream after. <laughs> I have a sugar so, problem. So when <laughs> So you started off brownies and then you added cookies, but now cookies were there the whole time. It whole just time, wasn't, okay. you know, it doesn't work in the name the same way. Right, right, right. And now, but now you're offering cakes. Yeah. I saw, cookie uh, cakes and brownie cake. Yeah. But I saw a pumpkin cake. Pumpkin bread it. and um, banana bread. So bread. So cakes and yeah. breads. Right. We had the breads all along um, just for something for people who maybe don't have that same sweet tooth. They want something a little more savory um, or something a little bit different with their dessert. And those are really popular during the holidays. 
Okay. I'm, I'm a banana bread guy. I love oh. banana. I love zucchini okay. bread. Just a little hint there. Love zucchini <laughs> Just bread. In Just in case. Um, I actually bake. I, I decided a, a, a couple years ago that I wanted some desserts. We're not bakers in the house. And so I started making pumpkin spice bread. And I made macaroons one time. So I love the old, you know, coconut macaroons. And I made like 16 in my first batch. And I remember it was like nobody wanted to eat them. So I ate them all. And then I decided to look up another calorie count in each one of those. <laughs> and and it, I, I'm glad I didn't look before. Uh, I probably wouldn't have cared because I, that's growing up. That was just one of my favorite cookies. And and then um, and then last year, I actually is my one of my gifts. I asked for an ice cream maker. So I started making my own ice cream because, oh, yeah. again, I oh. like the sweet stuff and and I can do it on demand. You know, you keep talking about delivery and things like that. So your distribution, I mean, it, are what percentage of your business is California? What percentage is outside of California? Certainly you do a lot online, but I've seen that you do have some some retail locations. But I mean, it, it, and then geographically in the retail locations, I mean, they're really, you know, within a 10 or 15 mile radius yeah. of your location. Right. So yeah. how, how does your kind of geographic uh, sales break down? I haven't done the math, to be honest. I would guess probably 80% of our sales are within California, but that doesn't mean that the um, recipients are within California. So we have a lot, we ship nationwide. So, you know, they really do go all, I think we've probably hit 40 plus states. We haven't shipped to Alaska. It's the only one I can think of off the top of my head that we definitely have not shipped to, but I think we've hit pretty much everywhere else. Okay. And then, and then corporate, again, this is a, an odd year. So prior to yeah. this year, the percentage of business that might've been on the corporate side. And as I think these are make great, not only great gifts for people, but from a corporate standpoint, I mean, it really is a nice package. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, we were about 40% corporate sales. Um, we also do uh, the desserts for the president's club at the Pantages theater. So kind of corporate, but not entirely corporate. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's in a different kind of its own sector, but you know, we have one customer who's the holiday sends big platters of the bite, our bites. You know, we have these bite-sized brownies that are yummy and they're great for big offices. And this year she started to order them and I went back to her and I said, you know, they're not, it's not a great fit for offices this year. How about if we do the full-sized ones and we'll individually wrap everything? So people can go in that, you know, you can still put it out in the kitchen. People can take whatever they want, but there's no worries about germs. There's no, you know, people touching anything. And she's like, oh, great idea. Let's do that. Yeah. So we've been sending those out. So, you know, there's, there are workarounds. But, you know, it's hard. It's it's a matter of people asking those questions or thinking of those answers and saying, we can still do gifts for you. They're a little different this year, but, you know, we can still do it in a safe and friendly way that allows you to, to, to thank those people that you care about, who give you your business, show them you care. But yeah, it's definitely, but you don't have 100 person law firms in the office anymore. You know, it's a, it's, it's an interesting business and, and I applaud you because I, you know, to hit your sixth year, it's certainly not a, an easy thing to do. And, and certainly it's, it's about consistency. I mean, I, you know, again, I, it was a couple of years ago when I first tried your product and, and I, I've already, I'm definitely, um, uh, have mowed through quite a few here is during the course of the morning and it's, it's still relatively early. So, uh, uh, but 
it, it is about spreading the word and getting the word. And, and to your point, it's tasting because yeah. we can, t it's the taste that, that delivers. And, and I'm my listeners, if you're, if you're thinking about uh, a Christmas gift, I, I highly recommend uh, ordering and ordering soon and ordering again, because you're, you'll probably eat the first box yourself. It's fantastic. <laughs> and, and I do love it. You know, the one yeah. thing I always say about in marketing, there's no silver bullet. And I think one of the things you've demonstrated today is there's it's not only about figuring out the business from the tissue paper and the and the packaging and certainly the product, but there's multiple ways to market and expose. And I think that's, you know, for you listeners out there, you you have to understand there's multiple aspects, whether it's a food product or a piece of software. I mean, there's lots of different things you need to do to expose and to market your product. And, and to build awareness that people don't know about you. I don't care how great it is. There's nothing you can do about it. You need customers. You have to have people that buy in order to survive. And, but, but I love that last line, putting a smile on people's faces and, and you just smiled. I can, I can see you. You can't see her uh, audience, <laughs> but uh, she just smiled. And, and I appreciate that. So uh, Wendy, this has been a wonderful conversation. I, I hope you've enjoyed it. I've certainly enjoyed talking to you, but I've also no offense, and really enjoyed eating it's the product okay. as we're going along. Um, That's more important, honestly. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, again, I, I I can't speak highly enough of it. And so, why don't you take a minute tell the listeners how you can they can contact you and learn about Bertha Mays. And I and I'm going to put a link in the website or in the in the posting for the podcast. And uh, so, hopefully, some people will click on that as well. Great, thank you, um, and thank you so much for just allowing me to, you know, kind of share our story a little bit with people, because that's, as you said, as I said, the only way that they learn about us. Find us at BerthaMaysBrownies.com. It's M-A-E-S. If you Google us, it'll pop up for you. Not a lot of Bertha Mays Brownies out there. Our email address is treats at BerthaMaysBrownies.com or give us a call at 818-486-0432. If you're old school, like I can be sometimes. And, you know, we're here to just help. So, you know, ask questions, concerns, whatever, just let us know and we'll guide you in the right direction. And it's not too late to order for the holidays, correct? It's not. No, it's absolutely not. There's just try to give us a little bit of, you know, an extra couple of days for shipping because it is definitely shown even Angelo's, uh, you know, took an extra day longer than normal. Um, when you asked me when I thought it was going to arrive, I was like, oh, it's not there yet. So, yeah, shipping is a little bit slow this year. So please give us an extra day or two, uh, but we will get it there as fast as we can. All right. Well, fantastic. And, and thank you listeners uh, for joining us today. I, I, you know, it's been a, a sweet conversation. I'm sorry, full of puns today, <laughs> but uh, I really appreciate it. And thank you, Wendy, for joining us. And, and thank you again for joining us here at the cafe today. You can find out more about the Business Growth Cafe and you can find out more about me on my website at theponzagroup.com. Show videos, blogs, information, ebooks, all sorts of great stuff. And you can certainly connect with me on LinkedIn. And here's my plug. If your business is ready for growth and you need a CMO, but you're not quite ready for a full-time person yet, connect with me. I welcome the opportunity to explore the benefits of using a fractional CMO. And if you're a subscriber, thank you. 
Please let others know about the show so they can benefit from the great content and insights like we heard today from Wendy. You can uh, sign up at thebusinessgrowthcafe.com or on any podcast platform you like to listen to. Join me next week here at the Business Growth Cafe. I don't think I'll be eating cookies again, but I might. I have a whole lot here. So maybe I'll be doing this again next week. So please join me. And Wendy, thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's discussion at the Business Growth Cafe with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and visit our website at www.businessgrowthcafe.com. Read Angelo Ponzi's blogs at www.theponzigroup.com.